org. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. That music, by the way, is courtesy of the Bad Slug. Search him on Google, buy that song, Ride the Dinosaur. The band is a bunch of Connecticut journalists. Guest this week is Sharon Clotius of the Valley Community Foundation, and we're talking about Valley Gives Back. That's an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation, and it's the entity or organization or website that sponsors this here podcast. Uh, just full disclosure, uh, this episode isn't part of that uh, sponsorship agreement. I think it's newsworthy to have the VCF on and talk about how they're trying to help nonprofits or they're trying to help nonprofits by getting you to help nonprofits through Valley Gives Back and valleygivesback.org. So without further ado, here is my interview with Sharon Clotius. And thanks always. For, that doesn't make any sense, huh? Thanks, as always, for listening. Here we go. Hey, Sharon, welcome back to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. I think you've been on, like, uh, what, our, our probably six times before, something like that? I think I have, and every time you say Naval Gazing, that just gives me a little bit of a chuckle. Right? Hey, I yeah, I, I don't know if I'd, I would have stuck with that name. Uh, but yeah, it's the name of the podcast, so we're, we're, I'm, yeah. I'm sticking with it. So you're here to right. talk about Valley Gives Back, an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. But before we get to that, I just wanted to ask, like I always do, because I don't know, maybe there's new people uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, what, what's the mission of the Valley Community Foundation, and what's your role there? Well, I'm the president of the Community Foundation, and our mission is to build philanthropy in the Valley, um, to serve the Valley community. So we build philanthropy within our organization by having people set up uh, philanthropic funds, and then we also assist our nonprofits in helping them to build um, assets for their use as well. And then if you could explain, I mean, I'm sure people have received the mailings, they've seen the billboards, they've heard the radio ads about Valley Gives Back and the website valleygivesback.org. So if you could mm-hmm. explain to me, because everyone knows, you know, I'm, I'm an ignorant, ignoramus, but what is Valley Gives Back? Well, the Valley Gives Back, as you said, is an, is- an initiative of the Community Foundation, and Our goal, as I just mentioned, is to help build philanthropy in the Valley. And so many of our nonprofits in the Valley are um, relatively small, and they need to be very careful of how they use their assets because they have their programs that they want to be presenting. So to do a campaign, in a sense, to help build... um, you know, get bequests in, you know, people giving from their estate when they pass away, you know, to leave a, 
a gift in their will. Um, take some, you know, communication to get out there to those donors to do that. And they're competing. We all compete against the schools, the universities, the colleges to um, try and send that message of, could you please remember me in your estate plan? So what we've done as a community foundation for the Valley region is we've set up that campaign and trying to send that message out in the case of billboards and magazine ads, newspaper ads, messages to help send that message of please think about giving back in your estate, uh, in your estate plan. And it's almost like uh, the, the old stereotype there is that the only people that uh, leave money to, uh, uh, like a university in their will, you know, it's big muckety-mucks. But the, the point here is that the average person can help the average small nonprofit here in the Valley. Is that correct, basically? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, um, if somebody were to even leave a nonprofit as the beneficiary of their, say, checking account, you know, I mean, there might be $5,000 left in their bank account or savings account or checking account. And that makes a big difference to our nonprofits. I mean, all these gifts make, a, you know, a big difference. They all add up. And when you think about what our nonprofits need to do today to try and raise um, money for their programs and their operations, uh, they're just... Um, doing different events, and sometimes those gifts come in at $25, $50, $100. But when you are able to do it in an estate gift, sometimes it's then $1,000 or $5,000, and that's a huge difference for our nonprofits. And you had mentioned before, I mean, from what I uh, have read, uh, to raise money for a nonprofit, especially when we're talking smaller nonprofits that do everyone has heard of and everyone knows uh, about in the valley, but it's not like they have uh, a person or a department within these nonprofits whose job it is to work 24 hours on fundraising and development. It's really right. someone might have 16 hats, and uh, is exactly. that correct? Am I, or am I making it? Absolutely. Usually, uh, many of our nonprofits, it's the executive director that ends up doing the majority of the development work. So, trying to make sure that they get gifts in for their current operations is a lot of what their their time they can do for development work. But to actually send that message out to get um, the message of, can you think about us in your estate planning? It's a, it's a total different message. It's a total different trying to uh, relationship building. So it's, it makes it a little bit difficult to try and wear those two hats along with just overseeing the entire operation. And like you said, boy, our colleges and universities, you know, some of them have 100, 150 people in their development office alone. Mm. And um, it's just really hard to compete against those big, those big guys. They're the I'm, ones that get heard all the time. And I'm amazed just in terms of local nonprofits and executive directors, like you mentioned. 
how much work is done? I mean, you have an eight-hour work day, but then the nonprofit community in the Valley, uh, they're everywhere. It's almost like they're 24 hours. There's always something going on. There's amazing support between the nonprofits. And I'm not sure if that uh, goes recognized. Just the amazing amount of work uh, that goes in and dedication of someone who heads up a nonprofit. That is a, a tough position uh, to be in, in terms of being an executive director. Would you concur? Oh, absolutely. And not only that, so many of our um, our nonprofits, especially when they're dealing with federal and state funding, they find themselves now um, getting up to Hartford on a pretty regular basis when it comes to budgeting because of, you know, their grants. They're watching their grant dollars, you know, start to go down from the state and federal funds. And they are up there doing you know, what they can to talk to the different legislators and make the case of why they need to keep this funding in place. Mm. And then uh, one thing, the the week of October 21st is National yep. Estate Planning Awareness Week. Yes. Correct? So <laughs> <laughs> That is correct. I'm yes. glad I got that out. Um, uh, so, what, right. so is there a push happening? Uh, I mean, I assume there, there's something well, happening. What are you a, doing it's for it? It's a delicate. Yeah, it's a delicate push, and we appreciate you helping us uh, get this word out. Because you know what? Uh, I would say about 50% of the people have wills. And uh, they, don't, they think it's going to cost so much money to go and set up a will or to do their estate plan. And actually, they can find there's many attorneys in the Valley or in the you know, greater Valley region that can help them do... Um, their will or check over their documents just to make sure that they have everything in order. And so we just want to be encouraging people to not just assume it's going to be too much money and also not to just necessarily assume, but I'll just give it to my kids. It'll just flow down through my, you know, through the generations um, because that's what many people do. They just um, let it go to the next the next generation mm-hmm. and um, and that's wonderful but it would be really nice if they could also think about um, the activity of our nonprofits and you know there's so many people that benefit from meals on wheels or the um, you know the um, early childhood kids or our mm-hmm. public libraries all those programs you know those those need support, all of those. Our hospital needs support to stay, you know, to stay independent, to stay on top of uh, the new technology. It really is, um, those things cost a lot of money. And, you know, we have a lot of people here in the Valley that have been here for generations that love the Valley and care about it. And it's that group that we are really trying to say, you love the Valley, you care about the Valley more than you know, future generations might. And so please think about giving back so that we can keep the valley the way it has been of, you know, this this family-type community um, and being there for one another. And do you feel in the past two years since Valley Gives Back started as an initiative of the VCF, how's it going? Do you feel uh, like it's, it's making a difference? Uh, what are the challenges uh, and what are some of the successes, but, I guess? Yeah, you know, it's it's always hard to tell how something is going when it is doing these kind of planned giving programs because, of course, 
we don't know what's going to be happening until people start passing away. So we hope that people will start sharing that they have included either um, the nonprofit or they're thinking about uh, leaving something to the community foundation to benefit the nonprofits. Um, and we are seeing an uptick in that. I'm definitely seeing an uptick with the nonprofits getting involved and understanding how important it is to have this um, other resource that can possibly come in down the road and that it's work that has to be done today in order to do that. So we do get the inquiries of if I wanted to do this, how would I do it? So I'm getting an uptick but of inquiries, mm-hmm. but you just never know until you know the days come. And one so. thing you've mentioned that nonprofits, the agencies themselves, play a role in this because they're on the front lines, uh, you know, with the public, with potential uh, uh, donors, benefactors, and what have you. Uh, are there any? Is there an example of a nonprofit that's incorporated the Valley Gives Back into sort of its uh, its operation? Are they have they made any uh, successful marketing attempts to raise awareness that the public can help nonprofits through this initiative? Well, we have. Um, I would say there's there's a, a solid group that are working on getting that link to the Valley Gives Back. So let's say, for instance, TEAM, the Boys and Girls Club, or the um, Housatonic Boy Scout Council, Mm -hmm. they are definitely um, working with the Valley Gives Back with our literature and getting that information out. One of the challenges that the nonprofits have is that they don't want to also have a mixed message of leave something in your estate, but you don't have to worry about doing anything now because they... Oh, the nonprofits true. obviously need to have those current gifts coming in. So it's one of those dual messages. So they always need to walk that, that line. And so that's where I think the Community Foundation really comes in to say, you know, we want to help say that message so that you can focus on your, the current giving and the need that you currently have and have the Community Foundation help share that message out to the general public of saying, you know, our nonprofits need you. Our nonprofits need you to think about leaving something when you no longer need your assets. You know, we know that so many people are concerned today because they don't know how long they're going to live. They don't know what their health uh, issues are going to be down the road. And so, you know, it's not one of those situations where they can make a substantial gift and substantial five ten thousand or uh, greater than that you know they hesitate on making such a commitment during their lifetime because they don't know if they're going to need it mm. but there are almost all of these plan giving assets which can be revocable if you need the money you need the money and you use the money it's setting it up so that if there's any money that's left you know that there's a beneficiary that's a nonprofit there's a beneficiary that, you know, they could set up um, a designated fund at the community foundation for multiple nonprofits. If an individual has been giving on a consistent basis $100 a year to a nonprofit, you know, our hope is that they will consider endowing that gift so that that nonprofit gets that in perpetuity from that person. And that way that 
nonprofit can kind of start building this endowment and be able to find ways to stay sustainable in the future. And in a note that was sent over, sort of looking over uh, of what the Valley gives back, is there's mention of uh, that community foundations can accept of what's called a range of non-standardized gifts. Can you mm-hmm. uh, talk about and explain what that means? What's a non-standardized gift? Well, usually most gifts are cash, correct? Mm-hmm. Most gifts are cash. Some gifts are stocks or securities, and some gifts could be insurance. Um, they could be um, property, as in, you know, a home or a business, um, you know, that they might have some ownership in business, and there could be shares within there um, that they could give. There could be a charitable remainder trust or charitable lead trust. There are different types of assets that can that the community foundation can assist in that many of our nonprofits just really can't um, handle that. So let's say, for instance, if somebody did want to, they had property, they had land, or they had a house that they said, oh, I'd like to give this to this organization. Mm-hmm. Well, many times those organizations really can't take on trying to figure out how to make that gift happen. Gotcha. But the individual can come to the community foundation and say, I'd like to do this, and I'd like to, you know, um, leave this to this organization. We can work through that process to make it happen. Some of our nonprofits, um, you know, when it comes to the time, end of year, have a difficult time getting, uh, doing securities, you know, receiving shares of stock. And it's always better for a donor to actually give appreciated um, shares of stock than it is for them to give cash. But our nonprofits, um, some of them, you know, just don't have the breath of uh, not set up to deal finance, with yeah. not set up to deal with that. So they can call the community foundation. We can help them with that. Wow, so that's that, fascinating. That way they can do that. Because yeah. I also saw there's something called, and I, I excuse my ignorance again, but there's something called a testamentary fund. Is that what you're? You, a testamentary fund. Yep. Okay. And, a testamentary fund. Yeah, it is. So, as I had mentioned, we have a number of different types of funds. The Community Foundation, that's what we do. Uh, but a testamentary fund is actually one that is doesn't have any assets in it until the person passes away. And they have um, said, this is what I you know, plan to do. I plan to leave a bequest to this fund. And they name the fund, they name the Community Foundation, and we give them you know, our tax ID number. So everything is is there so they can leave the bequest in place. And then we work with them so that when the day comes that we do receive the assets, we know what they want to do with it. They may want to give it to a number of different nonprofit organizations. They may want to set up a scholarship. They may want to do a number of different things. So we work with them so that way it's it's an easy um it's an easy vehicle for them to do their charitable giving through their bequest because they could actually name the fund in their as a beneficiary of their IRA. You know, maybe okay. fifty cent fifty percent beneficiary of their IRA. It comes over here and then we have the instructions of what they want to do. And then at any time during their lifetime they can change those instructions. 
oh, I thought I was going to do this, now I really want to do this. And they can do the same when it comes to their, their will. They can name it, name the fund in their will, and at any time they can change the directions here so they don't have to go back to an attorney to make changes for um, a charitable list that they want to do. So if I'm someone who's now hearing this for the first time and now I've become familiar uh, somewhat with Valley Gives Back and the website valleygivesback.org, maybe I don't have uh, my will ready, I haven't talked to an attorney or something like that, what's the first step I can take? Do I call up the Valley Community Foundation and how do I go about uh, getting the ball rolling uh, just to investigate this process? Well, I think I would be more than happy to sit down and talk with somebody to help figure out what the best the best road is because you do want to bring in different advisors depending on what what it is that you want to do um there are certain simple pros, uh, products that I can help with and it doesn't need to go any further than that but after talking with me, I could also say, no, this is, you really do need to talk to your accountant or your attorney, and you'll need to get certain things set up in this way. If it is doing a beneficiary of their IRA, it's talking with the administrator for their IRA, or actually it could be just as simple as um, changing the beneficiary of it. So I'm more than um, happy to talk with people just to help them first get started on, okay, where do I go? What do I do? Hmm. Um, and just kind of get an idea of what different assets they have because there are different consequences. Somebody leaving um, their insurance policy to a fund or a charity and then leaving their IRA to their kids, it's important for them to know that it actually should be flipped because the IRA to the kids is going to be taxable to them. It's not going to be taxable to the community foundation. The insurance policy, the insurance uh, benefit, is not taxable to the kids. So, you know, it's making sure that, you know, they think about these different um, possibilities that they can do. And then what about from your end reaching out to uh, not the other side of this, but those those professionals who de- who deal with this, uh, you know, accountants and attorneys, financial planners. Uh, has there been an effort? I assume there has, because I, I think we spoke a year ago about this to uh, get them into a room and to talk to them uh, about how this works and what ValleyGivesBack.org is. Yes, yes, we have um, done a number of different outreaches to the attorneys and accountants specifically and the financial planners um, to make sure that they're aware of this program. But the bigger message is to talk about philanthropy with your clients, to ask them if, you know, they've thought about charitable giving. Sometimes they just simply ask that one question, you know, have you, do you have any charities in mind that you may want to leave money to? And if the person says, no, not really, you know, they kind of drop that. Mm-hmm. We would like them to ask a little bit further, are there any charities or organizations that you've been volunteering for? Are there any ones that you've been, especially the accountants, that can say, I see that for the last 10 years you've been consistently giving to this organization. Would you like to think about how you can continue to do that? 
you know, in your will or your estate plan. So it's encouraging them, the um, professional advisors, to have a little bit further conversation with their clients about charitable giving and what it means to the community. Because we have, you know, we've got a solid generation of people that, like I've said, that have been here, these families have been here for years and generations. And now we're starting to get a lot of those families starting to move out and do different and expand into different areas of the country. And we really want to make sure that the people who love the valley, that know the valley, you know, really consider giving back to the valley. And then on social media and the web, where can people go to find out more information about Valley Gives Back? Yes, we do have the website, thevalleygivesback.org. And, in fact, on that website, we host a website that has a lot of information for people just to take a look at it and start thinking about different ways of different vehicles that they could use. So it's a, it's a user-friendly site that people can, in the privacy of their own home, take a look and get some ideas of different ways they might be able to give back and take a look at some of the, the um, vehicles that are out there. So there's definitely our valleygivesback.org. And then I guess there's the hashtag valleygivesback uh, as well. And on Facebook, the if you check out the Valley Community Foundation, I know this because I was doing this last night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the organization, uh, the foundation has been posting sort of these explainer videos and, and, and tidbits and morsels of information that's easily digestible. And uh, if you're a little confused, it, it walks you through the process and exactly uh, of what this is. But hopefully by this point of the podcast, you have a clear uh, uh, indication of what we're talking about here. But it's really well done, uh, the things that I've seen on Facebook. So bully well, on you for you. that. Pardon me? I said bully for you. I don't know. I'll edit that part out. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Sharon, is there anything else uh, you wanted to add before we call it a day here on Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie podcast? Well, I just want to encourage people to be really thinking about how they can continue to help different organizations in the Valley. And when we talk about organizations in the Valley, we, of course, are talking about the residents of the Valley, the people in the Valley. And we will be having um, another piece that we're going to be introducing on October 22nd, actually, is the um, new community index. Mm-hmm. It's our community index of all the different, um, you know, uh, indicators that are going on in the Valley and ways people can actually take a look and see what, what do uh, our residents need help with. And so we're going to be uh, presenting that on October 22nd at the Cinto Auditorium, and everybody is welcome to join. That's at 8 o'clock in the morning. So it's, it's all of these things are all together of, you know, keeping people informed of what the situations are for our Valley residents and then saying, and how can everybody help one another? Yeah, that's wonderful. Sharon, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about Valley Gives Back. Uh, I truly appreciate it, and thanks for all that the Valley Community Foundation does in the community. Well, Eugene, thank you, and thank you for for 
giving the community such an important vehicle here with the Valley Indy. Thank you. Dinosaur. 